You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. In today's program, Father Paul begins his discussion of Genesis chapter 30. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Okay, chapter 30 of Genesis continues the story of chapter 29, which is the remainder of the list of the children of Jacob. Without going too much into detail, I still would like to underscore something very important, and these two chapters can be taken an example to tell the people that if one does not hear the original Hebrew, one is not hearing scripture. Take this text, for instance, and try to figure out as I said last time concerning chapter 29, the explanation of the names. I mean, you're completely lost in English. There is no connection between the name and the explanation of it. I mean, let's jump to these two names in verse 6 and in verse Eight and Dan and Naphtali. I mean, there is no way for you to connect Dan with judgment, unless, obviously, if you know Hebrew or Arabic. Naphtali is the same thing, is to hold together, make a knot, and you have here wrestlings in the the same thing about the names of God in 11 and 13. So that would be my comment. And when you get to Issachar, there is no way, possible way, for you to figure out what the text is saying about the Issachar, unless you know the original Hebrew, which is Sakar, which is reflected in the story of Sikar, in John chapter 4, again there, you know, if one doesn't know the original Hebrew, one will never be able to understand what John is saying, except the fact that there was a well there. You know how theology does. You say whatever you want about the text. That reminds me always with this comment, especially by the non-married Roman Catholic priests who, in their sermon at the wedding I say you know I got chose Eve from one of the ribs because it is close to the heart well how many times you heard me say there are a couple of ribs that they are way down how do you know which rib he chose it just talk talk vain talk you know and when we get to the daughter Dina again in 21 because the author already explained the name Dan which is from the root Dean to judge 
Dina is very obvious and later it becomes important when we read the story of what people like to refer to as the rape of Dina and they think, you know, it's a judgment on the Shechemites. Technically, it is a judgment on the children of Jacob. I mean, it's ABC. ABC. Now, with Joseph, we have something very interesting that cannot be grasped except in the original Hebrew because there is a movement in the text in verses 23 and 24 between the verb asaf with an aleph at the beginning God has taken away he gathered to the side my reproach and then the author moves to the verb Yasaf with a yod at the beginning which means to add let me read these two verses beginning with 22 then God remembered Rachel and God hearkened to her and opened her womb she conceived and bore a son and said God has taken away Asaf my reproach and I shall make a comment about the original word reproach and she called his name Yosef with a yacht, saying, May the Lord add to me another son. It's interesting because the author wants to say that the reproach was taken away since Rachel will not have only one son but two, the second one being Benjamin. But this play is in the original and the interesting thing is that the two verbs are close in sound asaf and yasaf but these are two different words so another example now does this affect theology absolutely not because theology is not based in scripture it's just in our mind but someone like Chrysostom already in the fourth century was very careful he tried to have his reference only scripture it doesn't mean that he was always correct in his interpretation that's not the point but the methodology is very important and he's famous in his statement that those genealogies in the Bible are boring and who could disagree with him we all know the story of the late Thomas Hopko he said you know do we have always to go through all these names in the genealogy that is found in Matthew the main thing is Abraham David and Jesus it's enough let's go directly to the story of the birth of the Lord and then we jump to the icons and to theology that's what we do but Chrysostom did not say that they are boring but they are there and we have to hear them and at one point someone will point out the importance of this genealogy and the meaning of the names so theology should not act as though it is the last word about scripture now that we have theology we can throw away scripture and you know 
I'm going to repeat that until my last breath, otherwise there is no hope. So here we have two chapters that are woven around the names of the children, and you know that this is classic in the Bible, especially in the book of Genesis. All the time you have explanation of names and play on their meaning. So here Joseph is given importance because he will become the main personality and we shall talk about that in detail. But let me go back to verse 23 and comment on the word my reproach, which in Hebrew, again, my reproach that I don't have any children and so on, but the Hebrew is herpa which is exactly the same word, the same root as the one we met when we talked about the flood, about the earth being rubble and thus it appears as though it has something but it has no life. Now this becomes important To explain to the people, this is how woman is viewed in the Bible. There is not a individual woman. I know the women get upset what I tell, but the same thing applies to the men. There is a functionality. The woman is always the womb, the city that has children, that gives life. I spoke enough about the fact that in the Bible the male, the man, the father does not beget. He makes someone else beget. It's the hifail of Yalad. And all this is technical for the understanding of scripture and its message. Now, if you want to write a book to be published in School of Theology about woman in the Bible, man in the book of Genesis, a very vain talk, there is a story. Let me go back. It's good to repeat these things. That the individual Adam, as we like to look at him, is not functional until Genesis chapter 5. Before that, he is a fixture within the Shamaim and the Aretz, the heavens and the earth of totality. That's why systematically, except for the first instance, he is referred to as Ha-Adam, the human being. And in Genesis 1, Ha-Adam is male and female, which means the statement applies to all human beings until we get to chapter 6 where the author pulls a fast one against you by telling you unfortunately the male human persons started visualizing themselves as Bene Elohim as gods, sons of gods that imposed their will on the women who are referred to as Benot Adam 
Daughters of Man. It's a fantastic text and I spend a lot of pages on this in my book and also in my podcast. It's important for my hearers to hear this again. We cannot control the texts, but we try to do that and we imagine that we do, we did that. No! The text again comes back at you through someone like Paul Tarasi and slaps you in the face and tell you you're making your own stories. So very important the knowledge of all these words and every time I say I don't want to belabor it but I find myself forced to remind my hearers because I can visualize them looking for the meat in my presentation. Okay, friends, there is no meat, there is just a text. And you have to gather what the text is trying to tell you. And when Rachel had born Joseph, let's listen to this, in preparation for the following, because otherwise, as usual, I tell you, if you eliminate these verses, you're not going to miss anything. But they are there for a reason. Jacob sent to Laban, send me away the pi'al of Shalah, Shileah, Shalheni, that I may go to my own home and country. There is no way you're not going to recollect that when you get to the story of Exodus where God imposes on Pharaoh to let his people go so that they would go back home to their home and country which is the biblical home and country but this is linked to whom? to Joseph so it's not only that the author is already looking for what he's going to write in Exodus He's doing this via Joseph, who will be the main personality in the last chapters of Genesis, over a long series of chapters. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you, which is Abati. I was enslaved to you, I worked for you as a slave, and that also is a presage to the slavery in uh, Egypt. And this is powerful, because here he is enslaved by his kin, which means that it is not only the stranger that is a threat to you. It's your own kin also that is threat to you. No one is better than the other. And let me go for you know the service again, Abodah. Which I have given you. Notice how the English you have the service I gave you. It sounds very much like a North American bank. No, the Hebrew has et abodati, the service slavery, asher abatika, 
I served you with, I was enslaved to you, so you have the doubling of the sound. And all this, very important for me, it is connected with Joseph. Even if now, well, I know and you know the rest of the story and we connect it. But at first hearing, it's not necessary to connect it. You just hear it and try not to forget it. So that when you get to the story of Joseph, you remember what the author had said before. And as I keep saying, it is only at the second hearing of scripture that we can make better the connections. And that's why scripture was written, as we see already in the law, to be heard every year at certain times so that you could hear it again and again and again. And not say after the fifth year, well we heard scripture enough, let's decide for the next three years to have readings from the writings of the Holy Fathers. You're not allowed to do that, and you know my joke about this. Technically, the rubrics do not have references to these writings. But in the monasteries, they want to fill their time during the meals in order to have the monks and the nuns not talk, but just shut their mouths. And it's easier to do that when you have them listen to something. And we all know from experience that no one listens to anything when someone is eating which tells you that these readings are secondary. They are there not for you to listen carefully to them, but for you to shut up and eat nicely and capture a couple of words here and there. And that, in my eyes, is not a joke. Whether it was intended or not, it does not matter. This is a fact. And I would like you to remember. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.